I mean, right from the get-go, I'm in love with the Molly Shannon character. When she's wearing the 70s dress and she tells a story. I feel like this is the first time people took her seriously as an actress. Yeah, I didn't know she had this much range. No, I don't think anybody did. I don't think she ever got to show it until now. On this episode of Gay Film 101, we discuss the 2016 dramedy film Other People. Ready? I'm not making any jokes about IMDb this week, Dallas. It's just you. Go. Come on. Come on, Dallas. Go. Get into it. Come on. Oh, you usually start. I know. So there we go. There were, we started right there. Get into it, Dallas. Let's talk about this movie's IMDb description. I'm guessing it's one sentence. Yes. Since we're it, back into traditional films. A struggling comedy writer fresh off a breakup and in the midst of the worst year of his life returns to Sacramento to care for his dying mother. Okay. This was released on January 21st, 2016. In terms of making its debut at the Sundance International Film Festival, but its wide release in the United States was on September 9th, 2016, which was six years, 10 months, and five days ago. North Korea conducts its fifth and largest test at the Pungyiri nuclear test site. American actor and star of the Western TV program Lancer, James Stacey, passes away at the age of 79. The number one song in the United States and in the UK is Closer by the Chainsmokers featuring Halsey. And the movie that is topping the box office is Sully, starring Tom Hanks and directed by Clint Eastwood about the pilot Sully Sullenberger, who, you know, landed his plane in the Hudson River and all of that. Not to make a plane joke, but it's kind of his career's kind of nosedived since that moment, I feel. Yeah, people love that movie. But I feel like since then, he's kind of, it's, it's been kind of dud after dud after dud. And even to like Elvis or whatever the hell that movie was called, where it was critically acclaimed, it was, he was like a laughing stock in it. Yeah, he was the Razzie nomination which is just weird because i never thought he would get to the point where he's kind of a joke actor yeah but i loved him in the uh pinocchio yeah pinocchio no the, <laughs> the neighbor movie what the hell what's the guy's name the tv host mr rogers I was gonna, <laughs> and he got an oscar nomination for that and people were like oh that's just because he's tom hanks but i'm like no i think he's actually very good in that movie of course that was only like the year after this one so or after sully so yeah i mean it's it's the pinocchio that really like why why is he doing that <laughs> why i get that it's the same director as castaway but oh god no 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 all right so this film was acquired by netflix in february of that year for um, the streaming rights and still is on netflix because i know my background with this movie is when it first came out on netflix that year i watched it um, maybe in like early 2017 when it was put on there. I'm not sure. But I watched it as soon as I saw it on there because I'm a fan of Molly Shannon, so I knew it was happening. It holds an 85% on 62 Rotten Tomatoes reviews with a 79% audience score. And it wasn't really released in many theaters, so it only made $91,000 at the box office. But I have a feeling this movie was pretty cheap to make. It doesn't even say how much it cost to make it, so... Yes. Uh, it was written and directed by Chris Kelly. So the reason I wanted to do this movie this week is because there's been some controversy around Chris Kelly and his show, The Other Two. I don't know if you saw that, but everyone loves season three, but it got canceled after season three because of allegations of verbal abuse by him to the other writers and staff. He's the showrunner of it. Just figured somewhat topical. 
So we talk about it. And I've been wanting to do this movie for a bit now. Anyways, Chris Kelly's background, he was at Funny or Die as a writer. He was also a writer for The Onion. He performed at UCB New York um, and then got his break following his own mother's death. Uh, He got a job as a writer on SNL and was the head writer, or at least co-head writer, for the 42nd season in 2017. And was the first openly gay head writer on SNL. Not the first writer, openly gay writer, but the first head writer who was openly gay. And based on what I just said, I think you can tell it's based on his life. So yeah, the main character, David, is basically Chris Kelly. Okay. Uh, speaking of David, he's played by Jesse Plemons. Now, I'll be interested on your thoughts, because I have some thoughts about Jesse Plemons in this movie, and just as an actor in general. Okay, because like when he started off, I was just like, oh man, it's like a guy that kind of looks like whatever, a Wish.com or whatever the hell version of Matt Damon. He's fine. I don't know. He's fine for me. He's like a, a serviceable everyman, but they usually have him as like a creep. Like that's usually his role is like a kind of like creepy whatever. Well, I know him from Friday Night Lights because that was his first big role the TV show where he played kind of the nerdy kid. I don't, I see him more sympathetic, but I don't, I've only seen him in the, this and that power of the dog movie, but I could see him playing a creep. I guess. I don't know. I'm just kind of bored by the performance, but maybe that's the point. I don't know. But you'd think as a writer writing yourself, you would want your character to be more interesting. I don't know. I feel bad, but also he has no eyebrows and that freaks me out, but that's not his fault. <laughs> okay. We're not just going to bash his looks. Yeah, you know, I'm, just, I'm not bashing his looks. He's fine. He's married to Kirsten Dunst. He's fine. I know. Which, I think it's supposed to be like a somber kind of whatever straight performance. Yeah, it is. Because then, then when the meltdown happens at the end, it's like, holy crap, he's completely broken. Yeah, you're just waiting for him to break down, basically, the whole yeah. movie. And that's fine. And that's probably how Chris Kelly reacted in real life to the situation. But, and I know, I know what you meant when you said straight, but like, also like straight. <laughs> like, he's too straight for this movie. I'm sorry. <laughs> he just is. Like, I don't believe Chris Kelly is like that, which, again, it's an interpretation, but. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know Chris Kelly at all. I have no idea and anything about him. Well, I I've listened to podcasts with him and stuff. It just felt miscast to me. But so anyway, you're, you're kind of talking about it. So are any of these actors gay in this film? Yes, I'm glad you asked. So Jesse Plemons, it, no, no. Is it Gabe from The Office? Is he gay in real life? No, he has a long-term girlfriend. I mean, maybe he's bisexual. I don't know his life, but he was more believable as, as a gay person to me than Jesse Plemons was. Um, just put it that way. Uh, and then we have John Early, who plays Gabe, his friend, and he is definitely openly gay. And I love John Early. He's a very funny comedian. And then we have Justin, who plays John Early's younger brother. Very flamboyantly gay, uh-huh. adopted younger brother or whatever. Yes. And at the time, that actor was J.J. Toda. She came out as a trans woman in 2018, is now Josie Toda. And... Did you watch the Saved by the Bell reboot? Nope. I've never watched Saved by the Bell, a second of the original or any, nothing. So, oh, Well, she's a main character in the reboot. So still acting, uh, which we'll talk about that scene. Because that's the scene I remember the most from this movie is her dancing performance. I think that's the funniest Jesse Plemons is in the movie when he's like, because <laughs> that's me. Like, yeah. are we going to get arrested for this? Like, yeah. <laughs> I feel like we should be watching this. It's so funny okay so uh, and that's i think those are the main gay characters you also have the very small role of the like only fans porn star who <laughs> was working at the restaurant um, yeah that was, that was weird why do we i don't understand that was so that was the weirdest scene so unnecessary um 
I thought it was funny when they watched his video, but then to have him serving the milkshakes was strange yeah. and stupid. That whole scene was stupid where he's like, he orders the milkshakes and then he asks them everything over again. again. Yeah. Again, it was weird. And then they still had like, no, no whipped cream or whatever. And they still had whipped cream. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. Is that the joke? He's hot. So he's dumb. I think no. <laughs> that's what I don't like about this movie is it just feels so jaded from Chris Kelly's point of view about gay life. But I guess I, I can have those feelings too sometimes and then they just shit on sacramento and it's like okay it's your real hometown i mean like sacramento any other state i think would be a fine but because it's compared to san francisco and los angeles it's like well yeah, yeah. duh but i don't think it's a shitty town <laughs> it's, it's still a pretty big city for what me and you are used to i think but even like michigan standard is still it's still yes. big yes as usual and you i know you don't like this but what are your initial thoughts ryan because I feel like I'm just, we're just going to get into it, right? This is the point where we just start this is breaking where we down get into the, the plot, yeah. Well, overall, as a film, I enjoyed the second half more than I enjoyed the first half. It started off with, a, I, it, to me, it's a Quentin Tarantino thing. It's, we're going to start at the end and then go back. A lot of movies do that, I, and I don't like it. I don't like this. I don't like it. I hate it. I think it's so... So instantly, that's why I don't... It's like, yep, you spoiled the ending for me because and there's nothing. It's not even like we got to that point mid movie and then we went past it. That's legit. The end of this movie. There's like it's the last a scene. minute or something driving or whatever. Yeah. So I hate that. I, I really don't like that type of film style. I don't know. I, when this movie was trying to be a comedy and that, like the weird OnlyFans and all that kind of stuff, it really wasn't clicking for me. Mm-hmm. It was when it started diving into the relationship between him and his mom and how he's like, and he's a terrible brother. Like he's just horrible. Awful, to his yeah. Like they're just they want like like please give us some attention. You're our brother. We want to love you. We want a relationship. Yeah. And you just no. Nope, I'm gonna go write my thing. Eight months, which I did hate at the end. They're like, you're gonna see what I'm working on. Was it the was it the ABC thing to get picked up? Like yeah, I don't. Okay. Yeah, and then all the stuff with his dad. It's like yeah, his dad is like his dad annoyed the shit out of me. But I feel like the movie wanted us to think he was worse than he actually was. Like I get he's homophobic, but like. The sister said it like, you're not the only one in pain. Like you're not the only one going through shit and we're trying to have a relationship with you. You're kind of ignoring us. Like he's ignoring you in a way, but I do love how he, he would like fixate on things. The dad, like the gym at first. Yeah. Cause he didn't want to talk about his relationship with his boyfriend. So he would do the gym. And then when that wasn't a thing, then it became like his writing. When he asked the sisters about their dating life and then got to him and was like, how's the writing going? It's like, Oh my God, really? But yeah. And it's been a bit since I watched it. I rewatched it today. And I honestly thought he was his stepdad. Like I remembered him being his stepdad. And I don't know why. I think it just has stepdad vibes to me. It just has like a not very close relationship. And it's weird because like he seems like he's so close to, I guess, because of that, him not accepting a son fully. Yeah. They're just, he seems close to the mom and the daughters. And he kind of seems like just like a stepchild kind of thing. Yeah. And who knows how she actually reacted, but she seemed like apologetic for how she reacted, but obviously she got over it. And I, was, I put that in my notes. How me. easy, because I don't know how or who reacted negatively when you came out. Was it easy for you to forgive people if they had, like if your mom or your dad or whoever was grandparents struggled with it? Was it easy for you to forgive them and understand on where they're coming from? Or was it tough for you to forgive that? It's just, it is kind of is what it is is how I felt about it I like I knew my mom's issue was more like worried for my safety (laughs) mentally and physically so I understood that and I just kind of let her 
figure it out. And then my dad, I've said it before, doesn't matter if I was straight or gay. He just isn't someone to talk about that type of stuff with anyway. So I don't take it personally. I don't think it's because I'm gay. I think it's just the way we are. I, and I feel like this is similar with like the Bradley Whitford dad, where she's like, he just doesn't, he doesn't feel comfortable talking about it. It's like, oh, let's talk about anything else. Let's just not talk about that. Yeah. But like, I don't feel comfortable talking about like my sexuality or no. my sex life. My, like, I don't want to. Just no. like, let's not. Right. It makes me uncomfortable. And it should. <laughs> it should. What's, what would be hurtful is if like they acted like it didn't exist. Like that kind of does. Like when he doesn't even go up to see his boyfriend, that's kind of like. I would be very pissed at my yeah. parents that's, if that's hurtful. Like, I don't need to talk about my sex life. I'm surprised that, like, that's her. And, like, what's coming up to the apartment? Like, really? It's not like he's going to have his dildos laying around on the floor. (laughs) Because I don't. And then why was he hiding that he was broken up from his mother? Yeah, like, why? I don't understand. Like, why? Like, you had 10 months. Like, I think it was, like, 10 months where his mom was dying. He lived there. You had 10 months to, like, show your mom that you were growing as a human being. You just lied, and then you're miserable. Like, what what did you? It's not like he was coming around. It's not like Paul was there. There was bringing no happiness. Like, nothing. I don't. I understand. This is based on it's a real story it is what it is but it just feels i mean i understand what the motivation for it is he says it he didn't want to worry her about his life but it's obvious that they're not together so why why it's like and he's at the house like he's he's never calling never texting nothing it has to be so obvious then you should be even more sad like man he's so pathetic so we're all over the place let's start at the beginning because we did talk about how we don't like the beginning i do love when she has just died and then the phone call comes on. The Del Taco voicemail. Uh-huh. I was like, am I on eucalyptus? Is this Taco Bell? <laughs> no, this is Del Taco. Man. <laughs> yeah, I did like that. That was funny. Because I do I do like when movies are have, like, it's like real life. It's like you have to laugh about things when there's tragedy happening. You know, I don't know if I could laugh right as my mom not <laughs> died in laugh, bed. <laughs> not laugh, but just... I think if that happened to me, I would have ran and picked up my phone and just smashed it. Just absolutely smashed it. That would be my reaction. Yeah. Um, And then the opening scene is a New Year's party and we get, I forget the guy's name. I think he has something to do with UCB, but the guy that plays is Uncle Fletcher with the fucking fake teeth. Fake teeth, yeah. And like, I know that guy, like (laughs) when when he, he thinks he's so funny. And it's hilarious to see how they react to him as a writer, you know, like, oh, yeah, you're on SNL. You're going to be on SNL. It's like, well, I'm a writer. So if I was on SNL, I would be on TV and like how they know nothing about the business. And it's so funny. He's on the phone trying to call his ex and Fletcher comes up behind him and scares the shit out of him. Carrie Kenny Silver from Reno 911 shows up um, and she sings, which she was in a band in the 90s, too. So it was fun. And then we have Aunt Paula or Aunt Patty, played by Paula Pell, who's an SNL writer. She shows up, shows up at the end too. She's funny. Um, see, this did this did nothing for me. This like, I, see, nothing. it's a bunch of weirdos though, and I, I just love us. Oh, it's Sacramento. It doesn't, it's a it bunch doesn't, of local weirdos. It doesn't fit in with this movie at all, though. No, like the tone is so different when it's like the no, family. This in movie could have just been a drama, and I would have been okay with it yeah. because. We'll get to Molly Shannon, but like if we had the like the grandparents that come a little bit later, like I enjoyed their little bickering and I, I knew you would. Thing. See, I hated it. <laughs> I love the little RV because it reminded me of like my grandparents thing, where it's like it is, it is like he'll tell a story and then they'll have to like oh yeah, she got her head cleaned yeah, right really off. <laughs> I just love she walked that around for an hour. She tried to get up on the. And then he's like fake going to the bathroom and the grandpa continues the story. To talk to and she's him, like, yeah. he's in the bathroom. Yeah, he goes, I'm in the bathroom, and then the grandma, yeah. Yeah. So I just love because like it reminds me of just like those grandparents that have no clue and they're just wackos. Yeah. But, like, but the other. But family how does that fit wackos. in? 
How does that fit it, in it, then, Ryan? It doesn't, but they're at least they're grounded characters. The other characters are like, what the fuck is going on with the teeth and stuff? I was like, these are just wackos. <laughs> All right. So let's talk about when he gets to the grocery store and that's when we find out he's gay because he runs into like a former classmate and that's when we find out he's gay. That was weird. We also have the cashier lady, which was, I don't know. Oh, that was hilarious. See, that <laughs> yeah. was funny. Because that's, that's happened to me in real life. Like when the people are like trying to scan it super yeah. slow. <laughs> he rolls his eyes. There's a lot of moments of characters rolling their eyes. Like my favorite was Molly Shannon when she's in the choir and the woman is just so bad at singing, but just going for it. And Molly Shannon's just like. But going back to the one person that re- says he's gay or whatever outside, yes. I mm-hmm. love, I did love the fact of like that awkwardness when he's like, no, that's not what I, I'm trying to tell you. The big thing that's going on. It's my mom has cancer. cancer. And, and then that, he's like, like, oh, the awkwardness of like, how do I react to this? Like a couple other instances in the movie where you UCB. freeze up and don't know what to say. UCB was my fa- the favorite because when he's telling him that she got off chemo and she's basically going to die soon. And they're like so sad, the two like UCB yeah. people. And then that woman has no idea what they're talking about. Just comes up. barges in. Yeah. You don't like me anymore, do you? <laughs> you think I'm ignoring you. <laughs> like crying. Like read the room. Because it is, it is tough. Like I had a situation today at work where it was about a person whose son died. Mm-hmm. And then he's going on and like, he, he died because of the vaccine. He died because of the vaccine. And it's like, I don't know what to, like, how do I, like, what do I say to this? Like, I don't know what to say. You don't see like, you're in, you're in that tough, awkward spot where you're kind of just like nodding your head and just be like, please just go. Cause I don't know what to say. It's just going to be uncomfortable for both of us. All right. So let's just talk about Molly Shannon now for the rest of the time. Molly Shannon, obviously SNL legend. Um, I think Sissy Spacek was originally supposed to play the character and then it fell through, which, you know, whatever, but it's a completely different movie with Molly Shannon because I mean, right from the get go, I'm in love with the Molly Shannon character. When she's wearing the 70s dress and she tells a story. I feel like this is the first time people took her seriously as an actress. Yeah, I didn't know she had this much range. No, I don't think anybody did. I don't think she ever got to show it until now. Which she won, it was like the Independent Spirit Award for Supporting Actress. I thought she should have gotten an Oscar nomination for this movie, personally. I don't know why that didn't happen. Annoyed by that, but so good. Like when she's she's puking and the dog is licking his penis. Like Only Molly Shannon could deliver a line like that. Like just... Get the, let him get the dog outside. He's looking at his penis. I can't stand it. It's so funny. Um, but yeah, there's multiple scenes with her. So that my favorite was yeah. the chocolate shake one, which we can. I also like the chorusing as somebody that oh, like, yeah. went to church all the time where she's like making fun of the person that's like over singing. Because yeah. like my family did that all the time. I would We would all like just kind of mouth sing. And then you'd have the person right in front of you that's just like belting out very mediocre, r- religious, whatever. Yeah. Chorus music. Like, oh my God. But yeah. Like I said, for me, that's the scene where they're talking about the will and she has so many good lines in it like how the dad is like gets to make the decision so she goes yeah meaning he can kill me <laughs> so funny. they have such good chemistry especially her and bradley whitford i think who plays the husband and the cremation thing like and that's real too like i've i've known people who have that feeling like i don't she's like i don't i don't like camping i don't like fire <laughs> Yeah, I'm not. A, I'm not a cremation person. Like my parents, my mom really is, and I'm like, ah, that's not what I want to do. So I've had oh, to be I like, do. I don't want to. Cr- like, I don't want to be in the ground. Oh my see, god, for, that's okay, horrible. So, so for me, and it's just this is a me thing. It's not. It's not her <laughs> wish. It's like I don't want to be the person that's like, yep, yeah, put her in this incinerator. Come on, just burn her. And I, I don't want you to carry your ashes. My right. my grandparents, my parents have in their house, and it's like I don't want that. I don't want you in my house of ashes. I don't. I really don't. <laughs> I just want you in the ground. I can go visit you a couple times a year, and I can feel a little bit better about it. I don't want. You want your parents' ashes? You're gonna get a little locket. You're gonna wear a necklace. Yeah, we have all our dogs. 
Oh, no, it's not me. I can't do that. I don't want that's creepy. <laughs> oh, it's nice. And then when she she says is frozen an option. Yeah. <laughs> it's so funny. Also, what the hell is the green? Like where he's like, oh, you just, oh yeah, like, the green body in a hole. Like, what is that? That sounds worse. <laughs> just is it just like bare like somebody like a killer that just throws a body into like a shallow grave? <laughs> and he's like, put it in a nice park. It's like, what park yeah. is gonna let you just bury a body? What are you talking about? Psycho. Getting back to the breakup quickly, the weird uh sex scene between them i really hated that the first time and hated it even more it was so awkward i mean i've had situations like that though so it's real but like oh when you're like you're trying to come and the other person's already come and then i've been on both sides of it like when you're trying to still be into it even though you're done and it's like okay just finish already so you can be done but you don't want them to know that because then that psych them out also why are you having sex with him you broke up like eight months i don't know and then they had a spoon like it was i don't know i know what was that like why would you want to spoon your ex i don't understand that whatever the improv scene any even good improv is cringe to me so i really hated that scene and i like all the people in it like i love nicole byer she doesn't really get to do much she's funny it was nice seeing her though yeah and she is funny when she does do something i guess and brand scott jones who's also in the other two so is drew tarver in the back there and then Darcy Carden, that's like the main woman in the scene. Okay, I do want to talk about, because we need to wrap this up, yes. even though it's been a mess of an episode of just my internet and crap. <laughs> I do want to say the funny thing for me that we didn't talk about was, I think this is when he's talking to his friend, and it's about him oh, having like John the Early Penny. But it's like the JC Penny magazine. He's like, I wanted uh, a desk. I forgot what kind of desk it was. Yeah. And it had a lock and he put his JC Penny magazines that he would j- jerk off to and just be like a dude in a bathing suit. Yeah. But then when he moved out, he was so worried about it that he like sliced it up and then soaked the pieces. I, and then I haven't done this other... soaking, but I have done. So that. I, so what I did, can you hear me? I don't have no idea. My internet's cutting out right at the last second, which is hilarious. Can you hear me? Yes. So it was that I didn't go to that level, but I would have like color printouts of like whatever, WWE. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And then I'd be like, I don't want my family to see this. Then I would just put it in like the sink and let the ink just run off of the sheet of paper and then just throw that away. But it is funny, like when you're a little kid trying to hide your little porn stash. And it's usually like a meaningless nothing. It's not like straight up hardcore porn when you're 12, 13. It's whatever you can get your hands on. But now it's different with a phone. It changes the whole game. Um, all right. So quickly, I like the walking path scenes when he's walking with his mom and how it kind of the first one, she's going through chemo and she throws up, then she's off chemo. So she feels better and she's running. And then when she, her body's shutting down, she can't barely walk. I mean, I just thought it was a nice it was sad, but it was a nice yeah. touchdown. Um, I want to bang Zach Woods, who plays his ex. And I give this movie a B. <laughs> I was going to go B. It was either B minus or B. I'll stick with the B. Perfect. Next- Sorry, guys. My internet sucked. <laughs> Next week, we're doing Corel. So. Hey, three, three words. Oh, yeah. I have three words for you. Um, I can't quit you. <laughs> Gay Film 101 is a part of the Unlikely Alliance Network. Links to all of our content can be found by going to theunlikelyalliance.com. You can also rate and review us on iTunes. Five stars only, please. And thank you for listening.